It's Taste of Country Nights with Evan Paul On Demand, Season 2, Episode 48, a double feature with George Burge and Dustin Lynch. George, man, your song is taking off. Is that crazy? Country's all I've ever loved, you know? And so um, it's it's been the most insane year for me with the way that this stuff has scaled and with the way that this song has reached an audience that I've never reached before and having people show up at shows and numbers that I'm not used to and people singing the song back in a way that I'm not used to. A couple solid interviews here. They gave us a lot of details. George Burge and Dustin Lynch on this double shot at Taste of Country Nights on Demand. Also a reminder, if you want to look back in our library, some of our past guests this year, Dolly Parton, we had Reba McIntyre, Toby Keith, Jelly role every country artist you could possibly imagine if you want to hear them interviewed and what they had to say to search for taste of country nights on demand this is part of the town square media podcast network uh evan paul here hanging with george burge what's up dude let's go good to see you buddy good man heard your song in uh where i was at uh walgreens the other day and I heard mind on you and I was like, okay. It's so trippy, man. I mean, just everywhere I'm going, it's like, you know, you won't be paying attention all of a sudden you're like, dang, that's, that's my voice. That's pretty cool. You yeah. know? And the coolest thing about you that I want people to know is like, you're just a regular dude. Like I notice, so I've interviewed you before, yeah. but I just realized like not too long ago that I was telling my wife this, we're legit I'm Facebook friends with you. We're not like fan page. It's not like your fan. Like, it's like, I see stuff you post where it's like, you're so uh, like honored to be where you are in country music. And you're, I, and it's cool to see like, cause I know you're posting it to like your, your parents, your grandma yeah, and, all that. And, and you're just a regular dude with this big song climbing up the charts. It's, um, country's all I've ever loved, you know? And so, um, it's, it's been the most insane year for me with the way that this stuff has scaled and with the way that this song has reached an audience that I've never reached before and having people show up at shows and numbers that I'm not used to and people singing the song back in a way that I'm not used to. But, you know, it's a, uh, it doesn't change any, any part of who I am or the way that I operate. And I still love, you know, hanging out with my friends and my family. And um, more than anything, it makes me extra grateful for the people that kind of supported me getting here and giving me this opportunity to chase this. So, um, you know, I enjoyed the life I had before all this blew up pretty good, so I, I got no intention of being any different afterwards. Now, are you and the rest of the Birds family checking this charts every morning, like the stock market? I try not to watch it just because you can drive yourself crazy, but uh, my the rest of my family is. Yeah, my wife will hit me to, and you know be like, oh, top five today, or you know something crazy. Um, and and it is amazing to have all these people rooting for me, but uh, I'll make myself sick if I watch it too close. Okay, you're yeah. not like calling radio yeah. stations like, thank you so much for adding me this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Is there a particular concert you attended as a kid that kind of set all this off for you? My first concert was uh, Brian White and Leanne Rimes uh, at the Frank Irwin Center in Austin, Texas. That was pretty cool. But even before that, you know, um, I grew up listening to George Strait down in Texas and my dad and my mom's um, truck. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of in my blood, man. It's uh, down there. It's, you know, barbecue, two-stepping and country music. And, and it's it's since, it, you know, you could walk. So um, I've always loved it. And I think, you know, I was singing karaoke in my dad's truck since I was old enough to talk. So I always kind of knew it was something I wanted to chase. Now, is it weird uh, with the name George doing country music, being from Texas? 
Yeah. I mean, it's not weird. I think that, you know, I definitely um, have my own sound and my own lane. Um, and I would just say that, you know, I'm trying to carry on the name of a, of a bunch of good Georges in country music. Yeah. George Jones, George Strait, you know, and uh, and hopefully George Burge will be up there uh, in one of these days, too. But um, no, both of those guys are were huge influences on me. Um, but I definitely am trying to kind of find my own lane too, but honored to share the name with two of the best to ever do it. Have you met any, any of those? Yeah. So, uh, I got to meet George Strait a couple years ago and, um, I introduced myself and just was like, Hey man, I'm from Texas. You know, I was able to get a record deal and move out here to Nashville and we're, we're getting a little momentum and just wanted to say how big of an influence you are to me and, you know, gushing like I, I, I didn't want to do, but I, I couldn't help from doing and he looks at me and goes, I know who you are. You're doing great, man. Congratulations. Oh, see ya. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's all I needed. See you, buddy. Yeah, thank me. you. I excused myself pretty quickly after that. New yeah. bumper sticker. <laughs> I George Yeah, George Strait likes my stuff. <laughs> well, he didn't go that far, but he at least knows if who he I knows am. you are, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I hope he likes it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, who would like your dream collaboration be with? You know, um, Probably Jason Aldean or Gary Allen. Um, they're two uh, sonically of my biggest um, influences. And Gary and I have gotten to be friends. I just love how um, all of his music like really makes you feel something. Um, it's intentional. It's emotional. Um, it's uh, I, I think he, he puts a lot of thought into the lyric and the way stuff comes across. So um, he would be one that I'd really love to to make some music with. And then Jason Aldean, just the rock and roll cowboy man. I love the attitude in his music, and I love how it jumps off a speaker. So I'd love to do something with him one day too. Yeah. Aldean thinks he's decent at golf. Have you played him yet? Uh, I haven't played. I played in his golf in um, in his wife's golf tournament earlier this year, um, and I got to see him play some golf and hit some shots. And he's Pretty, got a little bit of game. No, he's got a little no, bit no, of game. Be honest. Yeah. Well, I, I have a different. Uh, I played golf in college. So I have I a little bit of a different. Uh, perspective but i would say compared to most of my i'd say jason aldean could beat most of my friends in golf are okay now let's go country music rankings like okay. uh like where where do you land um i would put myself up against anybody uh but you know i kind of had an unfair advantage having got to play in college um jake owen can definitely give me a run for my money he's got some a lot of game uh colt ford can give me a run for my money he's got a lot of game uh charles kelly can play darius rucker can play um and surprisingly, um, Co Wetzel can knock the fire out of a golf ball. Really? Yeah, he's got some game, and and so does Parker McCollum. So there's a lot of golfers out there. Um, I know Jordan Davis is working hard on his game. He, he's an athlete. Yeah. So you give him a little bit of time, he's going to be dangerous. Okay. Um, yeah. So there's a, there's Kane a lot of players Brown's out on there. the simulator. I heard. Yeah, I hadn't seen Kane play yet. You know, <laughs> I, I will have to I'll check back in after I get the chance to play with him. Um, are I'm any... trying to make that simulator money, man. I'm trying to just stack enough yeah. hits together so that we get the simulator. Yeah, That's where it's at. <laughs> yeah, but then you'll miss the course. You know what I'm fair, saying? Fair, you'll miss the course. Yeah. Um, are there any songs on this album that your wife and kids don't like? If there are, they're not being honest with okay. me. So um, they are are definitely my biggest cheerleaders, and, I, and I'm very thankful for that. I will say, um, if they don't like a song before it's on the album, it usually won't make the album. Like, and they'll be honest uh. with me on that. So, um, but once we've cut stuff, they they like about everything. So, so wait, what yeah. is a song that's got nixed? Well, who there's just been a couple it? demos that, like, you know, I'll play a verse and a chorus, and they'll be like, ah. Or like my, my one year old, I mean, my first grader, my oldest son, 
um, he's getting old enough to have a little bit of input now. And he's like, oh, dad, I just, I, don't know, I really like that. I didn't like that guitar part going into the chorus. What? And I'm like, well, you, you're six years old. What so are you your six year old subtracted <laughs> oh, a yeah, song man. off the album? He's, he's absolutely, wow. you know, A&R from, from his booster seat in the wow. back of the truck, man. <laughs> and what'd you do with that song? Did you like, per- yeah, are you, you know, like it's, embarrassed It's by permanently it in the trash can. Well, that must have been just no. awful. If he said it was awful. Um, Waterloo Revival was on Toby Keith's label. Uh, yeah. Can you share any Toby stories? Yeah, man. Um, Toby was definitely um, a huge part of uh, getting me started. Um, he took me out on tour with him. We did about 30 dates over a summer with him. And the coolest part about Toby was just getting to see him command an audience. You know, he at the time was one of the greatest live performers to ever do it. And just, um, you know, we were used to playing nightclubs where you stand behind a mic for an hour and a half and just kind of honky tonk in the stages you know, 12 feet wide by 12 feet deep. And there's not a lot of running around going on. Well, going out with Toby and having a huge amphitheater where you have to entertain 30,000 people and there's a catwalk and a massive stage and smoke and pyro. It was, I learned a lot about how to put on a live show and command an audience of that size from him. And uh, we actually were in Virginia beach one night on his birthday. And uh, he was like, all right, boys, meet me at the bus after the show. And uh, I had no idea what to expect from that. And uh, so we played our set and he has a a little um, tailgate area set up outside of his bus. Um, (laughs) So we go sit in the tailgate area, crack a cold beer and wait for Toby's set to finish. And then he comes and he's like, all right, I want to introduce you to my friends, boys. This is SEAL Team 6 and uh, this is Post Malone. And we all went up on the bus and uh, me, Post Malone, Toby Keith, and SEAL Team 6 played guitar until 4 o'clock in the morning on Toby's bus. That was pretty wild. Yeah. That's crazy. That was pretty wild. Yeah. What were the, did they, uh, can they even get into any stories? I mean, they don't, you you try not to press it too much, but just being in their presence, man, there were a couple stories exchanged and it was easily one of the coolest nights of my life. So much so that um, I had a 6 a.m. flight. And uh, we were on that bus until 4 a.m. and kind of just went straight to the airport. And my cell phone was out of batteries. <laughs> it just, you know. Doesn't matter. Yeah, you just kind of limped it into the airport. And it was one of the best nights ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have like, yeah, I would have <laughs> yeah. told everybody at the airport, like, here's what happened. That's what I did last night. What uh, What's going on for 2024 with you? Um, so we are going out with uh, Parker McCollum on tour, top of next year, which is going to be incredible. Um, I'm in the process of cutting some new songs to round out a, a, an album, and um, we've got a couple uh, songs rolling out before then as well. So um, it's just uh, the most exciting time of my life, having a song taken off in mind on you the way that it is, and then getting to kind of back it up with some stuff that I'm really proud of getting to go out on tour. Um, uh, this is small to most people, but a big deal for me. We just signed our lease for our first tour bus, which is going to be Let's insane. go. Is it a Provost? I sold, I sold the van and trailer this year. So, yeah, we're getting on a Prevo, and uh, we're rolling, man. Damn, is that what they're called? Uh, Prevo? Yeah, Prevo. Okay. yeah, it's, uh, it's wow. got a little bedroom in the back, and it's got 12 bunks and a living room. And wow, you got your I microwave? Tell you, I'm in it. Yeah, I got the microwave. Got it. We're going to have a, a coffee setup that's going to be second to none in there. Uh, well, I tell you, man, instead of driving six or eight hours after a show and wow. waking up threadbare on the next sh- uh, morning, um, I'm going to go to sleep in a bedroom in the back of a yeah. bus and wake up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. You got like man. a George Foreman? <laughs> oh, man. I'm dangerous on a George Foreman, by the way. Really? But I think we're going to pull a trailer behind it, and I'm a huge barbecue guy. Okay. So I'm thinking of putting one of those little... Um, Jake Owen actually showed me this, uh, a Blackstone griddle in the back in the trailer. Yeah. And he does that. He he brings that out there and he'll cook steaks and shrimp and all. That. It's like a tailgate before the show. Yeah. That's a, so that ever since I saw him do that, 
which was like two years ago, it stuck with me. I'm like, this <laughs> is my goal. It. Once I'm once I'm cooking shrimp on a Blackstone griddle <laughs> in the back of my bus, that's how I know I made it, man. That's <laughs> yeah. where it's at, man. Yeah. Jake Owen, this is how I know Shout I made out. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be careful with them Blackstones. They're hard to clean, man. You got to clean a lot. You, you know what I'm saying? Uh, well, awesome, man. Well, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate you coming and hanging out. Thank you for having me. So yeah. much fun. All right, let's get to this double feature here on Taste of Country Nights on Demand. We got Dustin Lynch. Dude, I am loving this album, man. I'm, I'm so glad that you're in this stage of life and you put this album out. I am too. What It's it's just, I, I still can't believe we're six albums in already. Pretty cool. Pretty cool, man. I, I, before we get into it, I wonder, have you been uh, flying lately? And have you gotten anything uh, from Dirks? You, I, you told me like a few years back you might get one of his planes. <laughs> I, man, I wish. He's probably made enough money now where he can give me a plane, don't you think? <laughs> I do, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've been, I had a great uh, – we had a little bit of a break in July, end of July and, and there in August, and I, I was making sure I was staying on top of my flying. Now, I've been on the road um, on tour and promoting the album for a few weeks, so I'm really looking forward to getting back and knocking the dust off. Um, it, it, it actually has shocked me. Uh, you know how important it is to stay consistent. I didn't realize that it was going to be one of those things. It's not like driving a car where you can get back in and just kind of drive it. Um, you know, flying a plane, there's a lot more going on. So got to stay on top of that. But I, I'm, I, I have been, and I feel really safe, and um, I'm loving being a pilot. Did you see that thing about the fighter jet that flew away unmanned for a while? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Um, Man, that guy was lucky. Lucky that uh, you know how it all went down, and I guess everybody was on. You know, the the plane landed where it did and didn't hurt anybody else. But he he, uh, I guess he ejected and parachuted down, and and I, I the plane I fly has a parachute on it, so I have that uh, that safety button if I need it. Ah, boy. Uh, back in 2018, you posted a, a video on socials about not getting nominated at the ACMs and how disappointing that was. And you've always been so candid about sharing the hard parts of life, not just the highlights. This album is you're sharing the hard parts of being single, which I love. How do you get comfortable by being so open about like disappointments and challenges in your life? Yeah, it's it honestly is me just kind of leveling it up with myself and um, this stage of my life going, hey, is am I okay? Is, you know, what's, and, but then also going, what's the best version of me in five, 10, 20 years? You know, um, I, I have a lot going on in my life and, and multitasking, uh, you know, personal life relationships versus what drives me, which is, you know, trying to make the best music I can and play the best shows I can. Um, you know, finding that balance is really kind of what I'm going through. I don't know where, where, uh, where I'm going to end up, but right now I'm single and, um, like where I'm at. Um, but, but yeah, the album kill the Cowboys is that conversation, you know, and, and maybe, maybe she's right around the corner. Maybe I'll find her today or tomorrow, or maybe it's going to be a while, but I guess, uh, everybody will be watching the story as it plays out. Are you up on Tinder? No, no. <laughs> no, I hadn't, I hadn't got to go down that rabbit hole yet. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I really, I find it tough making time to, to really go on dates when I'm off the road. I, I've, I've gotten in a, a routine of just loving being by myself and working on the farm and, 
kind of recharging the batteries when I come back off a tour. So I don't know if that's a schedule that I need to switch up a little bit to to maybe find me a award show date, but we'll see what happens. I want to talk about Chevrolet. Um, it you know it has Dobie Gray's drift away, Uncle Cracker drift away. Um, are you a Dobie Gray fan? Absolutely. I mean, that song is a classic. I'm I'm so blessed that we got to re-record our version of it. Um, obviously, Drift Away has been a huge hit for decades, and um, the fact that they were cool and and trusted us with with the melody to go in and rewrite the lyric for Chevrolet, um, it's just awesome. It's an honor, you know. Hopefully, we continue that song's life into this next generation of country music fans and getting to do that with jelly roll was a lot of fun um he's one of my favorite humans on earth and um and to have a song with him uh, be part of my career is such an honor what was it like having him on as a feature like uh did you get to record with him or do you hang out with jelly roll a lot yeah, I mean, our schedules are crazy, but but we work out of the same studio with, with a lot of the same people. So that's why that uh, one of the reasons the song came together. He Fun fact, he recorded that vocal down in Austin, Texas, um, the night before he recorded his uh, Joe Rogan episode. Oh, cool. Yeah, so we weren't at, uh, in the studio together when we did the vocals, but um, that's just kind of how our schedules worked out. That's cool, man. This is a different album than Blue in the Sky. Um, that was a pretty sunny project, but it did have, you know, like uh, party mode and, and, and stuff like that uh, on this one. Uh, they're lurking beneath the surface. Uh, what, <laughs> what, like, uh, this album kind of deals with darker stuff head on, though. What's the relationship between those two records? It does, yeah. Uh, I, I think just two different chapters of my life, you know, blue in the sky. I started recording, writing and recording that album when I had, we were off the road. Uh, we were in Nashville. My girlfriend at the time was living with me and then went through the breakup. Um, I didn't go through that with, with the killed the cowboy album. It was really a lot more of, uh, being with myself. I think, um, I'm okay being alone. I'm, I'm cool with that. But but wondering, you know, if if I'm doing it the right way. And uh, that's kind of what this chapter is about. So, you know, the songs take us there. The emotion takes us there. I, I was, I think, subconsciously always had in my mind. I wanted another big emotional moment for our show on, on tour, um, which I think we've executed perfectly with Killed the Cowboy. It's this track that we've started playing live already. And um, man, it's really dynamic and powerful. Um, at our at our show, so I'm excited to hit the road with this album, man. Uh, the Kill the Cowboy tour is going to be a lot of fun. Our fans are on fire right now, thanks to uh, you guys supporting our last few songs, and and it's going to be a fun year ahead. Dude, I want to talk about Lone Star. Um, so this song could be interpreted in a couple different ways. Like it could be interpreted as being like uh, running into a beautiful girl at the bar, or it could just be like an ode to being single. When you yeah. heard it, when it was brought to you, how did you see it? Man, that's a great that's a great uh, line you just used. I'll tell you where I saw it. I saw it as me walking into a bar and seeing somebody across the bar that just takes your breath away. Okay. Um, and I don't know why this is the first bar I ever played in in Nashville is Tin Roof to Mumbrian Street. <laughs> and uh, just the way that bar sets up, whenever I heard that song, it just took me there. And... Um, 
yeah, so that, I don't know if that answered your question all the way, but but that's how I see it. Um, it's a scenario that's fun. It's exciting. Um, I think for all of us single people out there, we dream of it. You know, it, it's it's not it's not too committal of a song. It's just that moment of seeing somebody new that that um, you know kind of turns your world upside down for a moment and embracing that. Uh, there's a lot of breakup songs on this album, but it, it kind of ends with a couple love songs. Um, why'd you end the project on a happy romantic note? And those two love songs are ones that, that you co-wrote. So what made you decide, like, in, were you laying it out that way or did it just happen? Yeah, I kind of listened, to, you know, top to bottom and I want the songs to flow. Um, there wasn't any sort of particular storyline, but ending an album on a happy note seems like the better option always. And Long Way Home is... Um, is, is a song about an ideal scenario for me. You know, I love the idea of having an awesome date night with somebody. And then, um, I still love riding back roads, man. There's nothing better than just being in a country with your girl in the truck and listening to music and letting her kind of DJ and, um, seeing where the night goes. You're right for that, man. Every time I get on, there's a back road by my house, man. Every time I get on, I, I for some reason, man, I think about one of your songs. I swear to God. Oh, know. that's awesome! I don't Hell know. yeah! Yeah, you know I, I, about stealing street signs or yeah, just, yeah, just riding roads, man. I love it, dude. Thank you. Uh, speaking of those two songs, they kind of have a hat tip toward country music. You know, you, you're bringing up a couple old songs in that. How does country music feature into your personal? crossroads on a day-to-day basis well I, I think i come at it two different ways um you know i listen when i'm listening to the radio um i'm listening to it as a professional you know a bit of a music nerd and and trying to figure out if it's one of my songs i'm still critiquing it um if it's somebody else's you know figuring out what's the next chapter uh, you know where does country music go we're, we're always always evolving and um, our genre, I think, has never been at a stronger point. You know, we we've got our we've got a lot of eyes and ears on us that we didn't have on us last year in a great way. Um, so I, I'm listening to it as a fan, you know, um, and, and and escaping. But but I would say for the majority of the time, I'm listening to it as me as an artist and a songwriter, and I'm kind of deep diving in on why a song is working um, and working on me at, at that specific time. What about like, are you able to go to a show of another person's and not be an artist? Like, are you able to ever unplug? Or are you always taking notes? I am. Yeah. I find it easier to do at other genres. Um, uh, or, you know, if it's like the other night, we, we got to do a show with Brooks and Dunn. If it's some, somebody legendary like that, I can escape um, and, and just be a fan. But other genres of music. Uh, yeah. If I get the right buzz going, man, and. Um, and if I'm going to be at a show, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan. I don't get it, you know, many, many chances to go to shows. So whenever I go, I'm there for a purpose and, and yeah, I'm, I'm not thinking about much of anything. The last, the biggest buzzkills worrying about lights or how it sounds whenever you're a fan at somebody else's show. So I just try to catch, I try to catch a good enough buzz to where that doesn't happen. And off I go. There you go. Dude, we're rocking stars like confetti. We get a lot of people loving it, man. It's a good anthem, man. Thank you for putting Thank that you, out. Yeah. This is a good record, man. I'm excited for people to hear it. Thank you so much, Evan. I appreciate the support on stars like confetti. Um, and we've always known that song's going to do great things for us. And it's great to see it. Climbing in the top 10 right now. Yeah, I love it, man. It's going to go. It's going to go. And I'm not just saying that. I think it's going to (laughs) go. Thank you. Thank you, brother. All right, man. You have a good one. 
All right, we'll catch you soon. All right, Dustin, later. Bye-bye. Let's bring in Billy Dukes from behind the camera at Taste of Country to uh, talk about these interviews here. I like George Burge. He comes with good stories, and he's not afraid to name drop. I love that. I love that. Although, you brought up a, a point to me before we started recording that he could be the only artist that uh, his dream uh, aspirational goal is to collaborate with Jason Aldean. Yeah, we haven't had that answer before. Or Gary Allen, which is a little bit of a, a left field kind of response. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And, you know, George Burge... Um, is a really cool guy. Like I mentioned in the interview, like we're I'm friends with him on Facebook, but other than singing, I've never really heard him talk. So like when he first started talking, it wasn't the voice I was expecting. <laughs> you do. Uh, that's that's interesting. Uh, I've I've had that happen from time to time where someone kind of opens up their mouth and it's like, oh, that's that's not what I. Yeah. expected to come out of there uh <laughs> yeah it was it's interesting you know i've uh i've been on that tip a little bit lately of artists that don't sound like when they sing you know like keith urban you talk to him and it's all it's australian but when he sings it's not yeah. really but yeah the, with george burge it was like uh it's my like my first one he was like how's it going buddy i was like oh whoa okay he kind of sounds like Bailey Zimmerman to me. So what tends to happen is, like, because we're Facebook friends with people in the industry, we get, like, the suggested friends. So, like, like the artist's personal Facebook pages will come up through those suggested friends. And I'm always weird about, like, friending them. But sometimes it pays off. Like, lately I've been seeing Carly Pierce's, like, personal Facebook page sort of pop up. Um but like I, okay. like Dan Smyers is someone that I am personal and friends with, and he'll like drop in my comments on my birthday, "Happy birthday, buddy," uh, which is just bananas. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's really good at at uh, social media. Brett Eldridge goes had a fake name. I don't know if he still uses it, but his had a fake name, which was kind of funny. But the wild one to me was, I became Facebook friends with an artist named Josh Grayson, and I, I don't know Josh hardly at all. He wouldn't recognize me if I was in the same room. He was like an early American Idol contestant, and he had a couple hits after that, but kind of stuck around for a little while. Um, and like several years ago, he was going through some pretty heavy personal things where it sounded like maybe he was going to take his own life. His marriage was crumbling apart, and he was sort of documenting this and his mental sort of unraveling on his personal Facebook page. And I'm seeing all this, and I'm like, what's my obligation here? Like, this is definitely news, but it's a personal face. Yeah. I, I, so I wasn't sure how to, like, navigate <laughs> outing myself. What'd you do? I think we ran it. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's... That's interesting because, like, uh, you're right, man. Like, what if Dan Smyers from Dan and Shay puts out something that's like, me and Shay are no longer going to be in a group, but it's only on his personal Facebook page. Like, do you report it? I think so. I, I, I think if it's out there, it's out there. I don't think you get <laughs> to control, like, who talks about you in that kind of way. There was a situation, it was... um. You remember several years ago when Carrie Underwood fell and kind of busted up her face and and all of that? Well, afterwards, yeah. she like the first thing she said after that was to like a private fan club message. Um, she dropped it in like a a note on her to her fan club, and I had heard that that was out there. 
And that was huge news. So I, I signed up for the fan club and, and <laughs> found the post and reported it. And like people were mad on social media, like that was only supposed to be for her fan club. It's like, I don't, you don't get to decide that. I don't Whoa. think, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you can't kind of like, if you're just telling one person, if someone tells me something in confidence, that's one thing. But if I put something out there in public to several hundred thousand people on, on social media, you know, that I don't think that, that that crosses the line, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. So, I mean, if the bottom line is if you're a country artist on the way up, you know, don't become Facebook friends with Billy Dukes or myself because you never know. Like, you could just be posting something about being at grandma's house and it could end up being a story. Oh, totally. I'm a journalist. I'm not a secret keeper. Don't give me your secrets. If you want me to keep a secret, you know what I mean? Like, I got loose lips I, and, I, and I own it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that, man. No, that's all good. Uh, we got a little distracted, I guess, from from George Burge, but uh, he's got a great song, and he has a really good interview. Kind of cheering for this kid. That Toby Keith story was bananas as well. Um, which one? Oh, yes, yes, definitely. How does that happen to someone like that? Like that's crazy. Who? Um, so he said it was Toby himself, Seal Team Six, and Post yeah, like- Malone. Which one of those was most surprising to you? Probably George Burge. Uh, a little, yeah. I mean, I guess he was on tour with Toby, so maybe that was just a nice sort of gesture. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like I can see Toby Keith hanging out with Seal Team Six. Like that's I, I see that. Like uh, I just don't picture George Burge there. That's crazy. I would love to know what Post Malone was even doing in the building. I don't think Post Malone even knows. One day, maybe we'll get an interview with him. <laughs> yeah, he seems to be going country. That would be really cool. Do you think that um, there could be a collaboration? Because I know a lot of people are are uh, collaborating with Post Malone, like uh, Hardy and all that, and he's he's trying to cross over. Do you think like someone like Burge could get on something like that, or is he not there at that level yet? I, th- I don't know if it's necessarily about where he's at, like, in his career. It's probably more to do with, like, his connections. Like, if he shares a manager with so-and-so or a record label connection with so-and-so, then it might work out. Uh, uh. I think often that's, like, the glue that binds. Like, remember Dan and Shay, Justin Bieber, they had that collaboration. Well, they shared, I think, a management company at the time, and that's kind of how that happened. Like, without that, I don't think Dan and Shay and Justin Bieber are recording music together. Okay, that makes sense then. Yeah. Um, and then he, he he mentioned George Strait as well, which I thought was kind of bananas. I want to put a, a, a video together of all the people telling us George Strait and Willie Nelson stories. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, 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 like, I really was serious. Like, to be named George and then come from Texas, like, and trying to make it in country music, like, that takes some cojones. Like, that's almost mm-hmm. like borderline you should change your name. Like, you're going to try to be George from Texas? Like, okay. You know, but he, he did it, man. He's doing it. Yeah, so, so far he's on the right track. There's no other Dustin's. I guess it's just one Dustin, so he has sort of name... Uh, name rights at this point. Yeah. Is he your favorite? Is he one of your favorites to talk to? Because every time you, you talk to him, like you kind of, I don't know, you kind of light up. It seems like you're having more fun than you are with other artists. You talking about Dustin Lynch? Yeah. Yeah, I love Dustin Lynch, man. He's so cool. Yeah, he um, he just gives it to you straight. And 
he's like a, a challenging interview because he'll he is like so focused and zoomed in on you and like so into it that it kind of makes you it makes me nervous. So I get like I get extra excited to talk to him because he's like dialed in and he always gives me great stories. And I know that he like his latest album is based off him being single and he's on a quest to find a woman. And uh, I, I, you know, as men, you know, you know, we're married, but you're not to each other. But, you know, having our wives and everything, you don't realize, you know, someone that Dustin's in his mid 30s or whatever, and he's still on that quest and he's sharing it with us. And he's just always open, honest and candid. And I think that's really cool. At times, I think maybe he even overshares because, or, or at least he gushes on maybe relationships, maybe before the relationship is at that level and then comes back to regret it. Like you got all the insight about his last girlfriend and then the breakup, he yeah. shared all about it. And now he's talking about how hard it is dating. Like it's, uh, he doesn't seem to have a filter which is which is refreshing and it comes through in his music. Yeah, I just kind of think that I feel like he's I feel like he's going to end up being uh single. I, I I don't know, I just feel it. I I think that he's just uh I don't know. He he's told me before he likes to just go hunting by himself. He likes to be outside and land by himself and you know, I don't know. It just seems like He's going to end up being like the single uncle. If Dustin Lynch called you and said, hey, Evan, I'm flying in. I got my little two-seater. Why don't you hop on the plane with me and we'll go wherever, just cruising around. Hell Are you no. getting on that plane? You're not getting on that plane with Dustin Lynch? Hell no. Are you? Why? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I would. For sure. No. No. I wouldn't even get in there with Dirk Bentley. I wouldn't even get on anybody's plane like that. The only plane I'm getting on is a big one. No way. Good. Talking clear weather, 30-minute flight, no issues. You wouldn't. Is it the plane or the pilot? Both. <laughs> I mean, I can't say that I wouldn't get in like a single engine Cessna with like a Delta Airlines pilot. I might do that, but I don't know. No offense to like Dustin Lynch or Dirk Bentley or anybody else that flies in country music, but if that's not your job, like I don't think I'm getting in the plane with him. I don't know. I don't even think his mom has yet. I don't I don't think so. I think I would. I think I'd go cruising with him. You're crazy. Although he could probably take you around Tullahoma, Tennessee, and Nashville, and all that in his hometown, and show you some good spots. But no way, man. I want him to get me. I want to get him to fly me over uh, Kid Rock's house, like Dirk Bentley did. Uh, all right, I might do spot. that. I might do that just because I want to see if that really looks like the White House. Yeah. I mean, Tullahoma, I've been down there. I mean, it's a nice town and all, but there's not, it's not that special. It's just a lot of open green land. But fly me over a building or like Tennessee Titans Stadium when they're playing a game or something and then I'm in. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I guess it depends on where we're going. You, did, you didn't throw that in there in the first question, so I got to think about it. Oh, all right. So he could be convinced. Fair enough.